I'm all about fundamentals. So having healthy hair really starts with a healthy scalp. But most people at home just shampoo the surface of their hair. So I wanted to make sure I had kind of a tool to help people at home kind of get in with their scalp. Welcome to the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast with DIY healthy lifestyle blogger, Anna Fulmer. Empowering you to transform your life one imperfect day at a time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Fulmer. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to beauty expert, Gina Delano. Gina has had over a decade of professional experience working with international brands like L'Oreal, Coty, Henkel. She is launching her own line of beauty products and the business is called Core Vitae Beauty. So many amazing products. Her heart for this business is incredible. And she is here to share her expertise, helping us busy moms know how to beautify like a pro at home. Welcome, beauty consultant, pro and expert, Gina Delano. We were just chatting here behind the scenes, talking about her passion for girls and infusing a sense of security and empowering them to beautify at home. So I have to tell you before we even start, because you all are going to see this on the YouTube video. And if you're listening via audio, you won't see this. But Gina sent me all of these products of hers. She's just launched this amazing beauty product line. So in case you're wondering what all the stuff is beside me, that is what it is. We will talk about her products, her line, her expertise in the beauty industry. But Gina, on this podcast, we love to take a deep dive and press rewind and hear a little bit of how you even got into what... Like, Look at your hair, by the way. Let's just take a note for a second how gorgeous her hair is. Unlike mine, threw it up. It is not quite as beautiful, but her hair looks fabulous. For those of you that can't see it, you should check her out on the YouTube video. But tell me a little bit about how you got into this industry and your journey so far. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And yes, it's been a long time coming for sure. You know, my journey started really as a kid. The insecurities for me, I can remember started as early as seven years old, really. I actually was a competitive gymnast and I started gymnastics early on. And I was a high level, actually competitive gymnast all through college, but I started gymnastics when I was young at seven. And I remember the insecurity of my body and my looks like as early as seven years old. And it took me from then until literally in my thirties, which I'm 42 now. And finally at a place where I'm comfortable in my skin, but it's been a long journey of insecurity to kind of overcoming that and deep diving into where that stems from to be where we are today Mm. and to change that narrative for myself as well as young girls and women. So definitely on a mission to reverse that, you know, knowing that it started so early for me. Yeah. When you look back and you see your childhood years, what is it that you think initially contributed to that sense of insecurity. Like, Tell me a little bit about what you remember feeling and thinking about yourself. And hindsight vision is always 20-20. You Mm -hmm. you look back and you're like, well, I can see why I felt that or thought that. So tell me what you felt and what you thought. And then from this perspective, what you think contributed to that narrative? Uh, I just feel like it came at all 
angles. You know, I think back because I'm 42, so born in the 80s, and I feel like TV played a part in it insidiously, not even realizing or just levels of marketing to Mm -hmm. kids, number one, but also being an athlete and especially in a sport like gymnastics when you're in a leotard Mm -hmm. and going into a competitive sport so early in the sport of gymnastics. I mean, I am tiny. I'm only five foot, but I'm also very athletic and built. And Mm -hmm. even from the beginning, you know, just having some teammates that were smaller and tinier, and they got a lot of attention for that. And just not understanding my body and my build and just feeling big early Mm -hmm. on, you know, just comparing to different classmates. And then also having a muscular build early on, I got made fun of at school, especially by the boys, you know, I got made fun of for my muscular build or how strong I was. So that started really early too, because again, gym class, right? Push-ups and and pull-ups. And I always would beat the boys in those athletic challenges. And so, yeah, I became really insecure about that of my body early on. You know, then I had crooked teeth. So Mm -hmm. early on, I think even in maybe middle school, I, you know, boys would be like, oh, you would be so pretty if your teeth were straight. That's (laughs) Um, crazy. Oh, my word. Yes. So it just was just kind of coming at all different, Mm -hmm. all different angles, you know, and I do think that generationally, how I grew up was a little different than how maybe we are today from a communication level as well. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah where my parents were as well. Like my dad is a Vietnam vet, you know, my mom comes from the UK and her dad was in World War II. So it was almost like very closed off, not the same kind of pouring into our lives the same way as maybe I do to my kids now with that communication of that positive reinforcement or community. It's like a very service-based generation, you know, like they're very quick to do things to show their love, but maybe not as clear in communicating openly. (laughs) Yes. It was kind of like providing for your family was a version of showing love, like the affection or that verbal communication wasn't there as well. So just, I think some of it was just generationally as well as circumstances all around it that really just was like this perfect storm feeding into that. So then as you're getting older, what made you go into that industry then that, you know, you struggled with insecurity? What made you then go into that very industry? Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I guess I kind of interesting because I initially didn't go into the industry to maybe change the world, if you will. I went into the industry because I felt that it fit my personality. I actually Mm. went back to school for hair when I was 29 years old because I actually was coaching gymnastics for a while. My original degree is in sports management. Yeah, I really actually wanted to pursue sports and to pursue that path. And then after coaching, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I went into hair because it was something I was always interested in. I didn't maybe realize yet because even at 29, I was still in a place of insecurity. So I couldn't really, I didn't go in wanting to change the world yet because I was still trying to change myself. So that was Mm -hmm. partly why I went into it because they say, right, we teach what we most need to learn. 
And so that was partly why it was almost for my own healing as well as because it fit my personality. I like to talk. I like to socialize. You know, I like to help other people. I like to coach. And yeah, so that's why I went in. Actually, it just brought up a quick story too from when I was little. Because actually, if you can see, I have like what I call fluffy hair. It's not a technical term, but I have fluffy hair. (laughs) It's gorgeous. You have gorgeous hair. Thank you. I appreciate that. But even as a kid, you know, I had what was called, you know, fluffy hair. And I wanted this straight, smooth bob. And I never had that. Like, I would leave the salon as a kid like that. And then when I would do it, I was like fluffy and puffy and I never knew why. And it was like, even with a lot of hair as a kid, hairdressers didn't know how to do my hair. They were very overwhelmed with, even as a little girl, having big girl hair. And so that was part of it too, was helping, especially mm-hmm. kids that have what I call big girl hair and just really little by little changing that course in the narrative, you know, from mom to little girl. Yeah. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. I love that. So tell me then a little bit about how that changed for you. So that sense of of insecurity, and then you enter that industry, like you said, you know, you teach what you most need to learn. What changed for you then in your 30s that gave you that sense of confidence and a desire to change the world? What changed in yourself? That's a great question. You know, I think once I really got into working with clients and then finding that so many struggled with the same thing. But here I am as the Mm. professional and seeing them and seeing their beauty because really as a hairdresser, I naturally and organically wanted, I would work with what people had. So for example, Mm. if somebody came in, right? And again, they wanted that bob that maybe had fluffy hair like me. The conversation was, well, do you know what it's going to take to get it smooth every day? And because this isn't your hair. And they were kind of like, oh, maybe not, right? So just really having those conversations and looking at that person and saying, well, these are your great features. Like, let's not try to be something or in your look that you're not and Mm. work with what you have. And that was my natural conversations with my clients. And, And so it kind of just was a byproduct that it came back at me. So it's like, well, if I'm teaching this and helping my clients work with what they have, then I'm an example and a leader per se with that. So I have to do that for myself. And so it just kind of became this natural exchange that as I was helping my clients see their own beauty and what their strong features were, it just started to naturally kind of reflect in myself. It's such a beautiful example of that sense of serving others and then seeing how in doing so you yourself almost Mm -hmm. realize like, oh, like this truth that I'm speaking to them is also true for myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Starting to embrace that, embrace that Mm -hmm. reality. And I also love what you said, how too often we want what we don't have instead Mm -hmm. of leveraging what we do have and feeling that sense of confidence 
mm-hmm. our own unique story. And I mean, it's literally what my whole brand message is that sense of embracing what somebody else may call an imperfection as a negative mm-hmm. reality. It's actually no, the quote unquote imperfection, which whoever decided these things were imperfect, mm-hmm. right? The whole concept of it mm-hmm. is kind of inane, this idea that mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. is imperfection really? Who decided anything was imperfect? And maybe it is actually that that is in fact the most perfect thing about you and what makes you so Mm -hmm. unique and beautiful. So I love that tangible example that you are giving. It was really, really cool in the beauty industry to be able to have that message. So as you are growing and your mindset is changing and all of the ways that that affects your life, how then do you approach your daughters? You have Mm -hmm. twin daughters. Mm -hmm. How does that change how you work with them, how you speak to them, how you encourage them? How old are they, by the way? They're four. They're fraternal twins. So they're completely different and they're four years old. Yes. And so they have completely different features. Mm. (laughs) They look like one looks more like me, one looks more like my husband. So, well, first, it's really important for me not to compare them, especially with their looks, because Mm. the one is already three inches taller than the other one. And the one that resembles me, again, I call it, she's got the fluffy hair and she's a little, you know, shorter and curvier, if you will. And the other one is three inches taller. And she's got that really smooth, straight hair that I always wanted when I was a kid. So I vicariously get to live through her. (laughs) And with that, but but she's a little taller and leaner and one has blue eyes, one has brown eyes mm. and they're just completely different. But I really, again, actually tried not to focus on their looks. I mean, although I tell them that they're beautiful every day or with my REI, again, she's got brown eyes. So I tell her that she has the most beautiful brown eyes I've ever mm. seen because the other one, he has more blue eyes like me. And I never want Aria to feel like, well, I don't have what, you know, mommy and Ainsley have, you know, so I don't ever because actually Ainsley gets a lot of compliments on her blue eyes. Mm. So I try to make sure to always balance that out with Aria and her because she's got the same color eyes as daddy. So she says, yeah. you know, I have the same uh-huh. color eyes as daddy or if she sees another little girl with brown eyes. So I try to make sure every morning that I'm telling them that I think that they're beautiful or pointing out their strengths and their features, you know, or how strong they are. And because they don't know their strengths, they're so strong, they don't know their strengths. So I really try to focus on their strengths individually, not compare them, which again, I'm not perfect. So the one thing that I will compare sometimes is behavior, you know, listening and the other one's not. But in regards to their physical being, I'm very, very mindful to not compare those things and to focus on because I think overall, what I've learned again, I mean, that's an example of hair and and it starts with beauty, but I think in general, and what I think where we've got caught up in this imperfection is that we're trying to almost focus on our weaknesses and strengthen our weaknesses versus focusing Mm -hmm. on our strengths. And so that's where I've taken And I think I changed that really, honestly, really probably not until I was 35 that I started switching to focus on my strengths, my husband's strengths, because I didn't have my girls until 38. 
So, and then just all the people around me focusing on strengths and not trying to overcompensate for your weaknesses. Cause I feel like your weaknesses, you'll never catch up your weaknesses to your strengths if you focus mm-hmm. on your strengths. And so I really take that approach with my girls starting from day one. Well, I also think when you focus on your strengths and building up your strengths, I think your weaknesses consequently mm-hmm. grow as well. It's almost right. like this, but why not focus on right. what you are you know, gifted at or your God-given, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then I think oftentimes the weaknesses or the areas that we're not as strong will often strengthen as well. You have two things on your website. I love it. It says, beauty is an illumination of the heart. Mm-hmm. on the Corvitae Beauty website. And I think that is an example of what you're talking about is it's the idea that the outward appearance is a reflection of mm-hmm. what's going on in our hearts. And that's why I think we all know people in our life who are physically, outwardly speaking, aesthetically mm-hmm. very pleasing. I don't even mm-hmm. like to use the word beauty because again, mm-hmm. what is beauty? Beauty is a very subjective definition, but strictly speaking, physically are very aesthetically pleasing. Most Mm -hmm. people would say that is a physically beautiful person. And yet there is something about them that does Mm -hmm. not inspire a sense of beauty, that general sense of awe and warmth and wanting to be with them. There's almost no illumination, as you're saying. It's almost Mm -hmm. like you feel like energy is being sucked out of you. Mm -hmm. So what then is beauty? Mm -hmm. You know, It's just this concept that we don't think about and talk about truly in real words enough. We like the idea of it, but when we really spell it out, mm-hmm. we're still quick to Botox everything out because that is what we are perceiving mm-hmm. is more beautiful. So yeah. I love that. Beauty is an illumination of the heart and what good is a beautiful exterior if your interior is decaying? <laughs> yes. And so that's the goal is that that comes first, you know, and even with my girls, again, I really tried to focus on, you know, they're kind or making sure that they're kind and they're nice to people or nice to their sister. And, and that's how I really try to be as well. Cause, and just really putting everything in its place. So physically mm. setting aesthetically pleasing comes into place because that's the initial attraction that mm-hmm. it's just part of our senses that we naturally attract to things that are physically aesthetically pleasing. If you look at nature, flowers or nature mm-hmm. or the right. ocean, those are all physically aesthetically pleasing to our Mm -hmm. visual senses. And so Mm -hmm. there is a place for that. But that is the initial book cover, if you will, because then, you know, the book inside when you open it it has to also match the cover. And so that's, again, when we hear matching our insides to our outsides, that pairing that I Mm -hmm. think is missing overall in the marketing or the things that we encounter that's bombarding us every day via social media or different beauty campaigns that's hitting us that's only on the outside. Mm. So I'm trying to really bring the conversation that it really comes from the inside and having that in order and then matching it so we can be of service to other people. Yeah. And I love the idea of, and we'll talk about this, but your product is an all natural line and what Agina is passionate about, and we will dive into this, is really helping people DIY <laughs> their beauty at home. This idea that empowering you to feel naturally beautiful by highlighting mm-hmm. the features that you do have. So again, it's that idea of, you know, we want to keep the natural sense of pro-aging and pro 
natural beauty, which I am all about here. And Gina and I have talked a little bit offline. I'm very, very excited to dive into her expertise and chat more. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, stay tuned. We're going to play a speed round of this or that with Gina, get to know her a little bit better. And we're going to hear her expert advice on empowering you to beautify like a pro at home right when we come back. You have tried it all. Worried you will never lose the extra weight or reclaim the energy you once enjoyed? Want to achieve fat loss without spending hours in a gym or eliminating entire food groups from your diet? Well, now you can. In the virtual Faster Way to Fat Loss with Anna, my six-week fitness and nutrition program, you will learn how to pair effective 30-minute workouts with all-natural evidence-based nutritional strategies to leverage what you eat and when you eat to reset your metabolism and burn fat fast, even that stubborn belly fat. I am a dual certified nurse practitioner passionate about teaching sustainable strategies to promote fat loss and prevent disease. I have cheered on thousands of clients who have done just that with the Faster Way program. In my six-week program, the average client currently sheds seven inches of body fat. 93% report more energy and 89% state that their mental health has improved. 100% of clients report they feel this program is sustainable. Curious to try the program, but not sure if the strategies will work for you? Try the Faster Way strategies for free. Head to www.hammersandhugs.com and sign up for my free seven-day fat loss accelerator course today and start your own transformation story. All right. We are back here with Gina. We're going to play a quick round of this or that. Gina, you get two options. You just pick one or the other. No stress. All right. Would you rather do hair or nails? Ooh, hair. Would you rather work with curly hair or straight hair? Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Curly. Which is harder to work with? They both have different challenges for yeah. sure. They I both do. Because like for straight hair, you can see lines. Like if you're cutting, you can see lines yeah. and everything you do can be harder to blend. And curly too, you can have steps in the hair or it can be hard to manage without going too short. But I would say curly. It all sounds hard to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You early bird or night owl? Night owl. Coffee or tea? Coffee. If you're painting your nails, do you lean towards the reds and pinks or like cooler colors? <sighs> like a light, cool pink. <laughs> a light, cool pink. So both. <laughs> I said this or that. And she said, uh-uh, we're going both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Light, See, cool that's pink. my problem. I don't follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why probably why you are as successful as you are. Personal yacht or a private jet? I have a jet. Where are you headed to with your private jet? First place you're going. Oh, first place. Just first place. Probably uh, back and forth at LA, California. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. What would you do in LA? Like what well, makes you want to go to LA? I personally don't love LA, but uh, actually that's not true. I like the weather and the food in LA. Yeah. Amazing. But there's, it's a beauty hub. All the headquarters are there. There's a lot of mm. manufacturers there. Also, there's a lot of farming there because we're also starting a farm. So when it comes to... Side some note, of the they're starting a farm. Side note, a lot happening yes. over there. <laughs> a lot happening. Yeah. Serial entrepreneurs. But even when it comes to ingredients and raw materials for cosmetics, 
a lot of it in as well as our food is grown in California. So I live in Florida. So there's certain mm. things because there's manufacturing here also, like more South Florida. I live in the panhandle. So like in Miami in that area, there's a lot of beauty manufacturing there also. But from a raw material perspective, there are certain things in California that can grow that mm. can't grow in Florida. So different climates. Yeah. There's a lot to the underbelly of it all. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that Mm -hmm. leads perfectly into... So you've started this beauty product line. It's called Corvite. And tell us a little bit about what drew you to this idea of helping and empowering women, especially busy moms, to Mm -hmm. learn how to beautify like a pro at home. What in your experience in the industry led you to start this? This is a simple yet very complex answer. So I'm going to try to articulate this to the best of my ability. So a lot of it is marketing. I would probably say 99% of it is marketing. And I worked for really the top brands and manufacturers in beauty and pro beauty, which they have consumer direct to consumer departments, as well as their professional direct to professional departments. So I've worked on the pro side. But I've also had visibility to their consumer division. So L'Oreal, Cody, Henkel. And then the last company I worked for was Bellamy Hair Extensions. And these are all global companies. And just the different marketing pieces of it, number one. And I, as I even went through my own aging process and having children, I realized, wow, there's this underserved market that target audience also from a professional standpoint, as well as consumer, that there's this underserved market. And as I started diving into it, I was like, wow, there's really not a lot of advertising for women over 30. (laughs) Even the products for women over 30 still have ads and campaigns for looking like you're 20. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that was very interesting to me. And it was just, you know, and then as I got into learning the product portfolios and whatnot, there are a certain amount of products that each portfolio has because a lot of it is a selling point. The more products you sell, then the more revenue is generated. The last company I worked for is a privately held business. And so the reason why I'm going in this direction, because business drives most of this. It's a $460 billion industry and growing globally. And so as these global conglomerates get to these higher levels, they have to find ways to generate revenue. So the more products that there is, the more they keep right women in the cycle of insecurity, then the more we become dependent on the products and buy them and try new ones and whatnot. But when I brought it back down to some of the formulations and that piece of it. A lot of it is, you know, yes, there are certain levels of regimens that the products work together. And so these are the products, the regimen that I found work really well together for working with people's natural textures of hair and skin. Because again, a lot of the products that are out there are, again, to infuse and to provoke People with curly hair wanting straight hair and people with straight hair wanting Mm. curly hair. And so a lot of the products are designed... Or people with wrinkles wanting wrinkle-free skin. Correct. Yes. Yes. When the wrinkles are, yeah, part of aging. 
Yeah. It is. Yes. Again, when it comes to skincare, I mean, yes, we want to keep our skin glowing and healthy because, again, that's part of bringing people in. But to have this unrealistic version of being in our 40s or 30s and still needing to look like we're in our 20s, that's not realistic because there's also something beautiful and aging and aging gracefully, you know. And I, as I worked in the salon as well, I saw some women who were just stunning in their 70s and 80s yeah. who did have wrinkles and whatnot. But you could see that illumination of joy or happiness that confidence it was just this, in who they were. Yes. It was just like, wow. And so just learning this, the machine from a business and marketing standpoint is really what drove me because I was like, wow, okay, maybe this isn't as hard as I thought it was to actually create a line. Okay, first off, and finding the right manufacturers and suppliers to partner with, which it does take a lot of digging and networking behind the scenes, which I've done now for almost 10 years, really, since I started, I love to network and partner with people. And I ask a lot of questions. And so I've, I've asked a lot of questions. And then it was put on my heart, because honestly, originally, it wasn't on my heart. And then probably about five years ago, it was put on my heart. And I was like, okay, I've learned yeah. that if something's on your heart, you follow it. You know? And so yeah. that's where, again, we are today. <laughs> from, from what? You know, I'm curious in your experience in the industry, I love the whole concept of a beauty line being made for women by a woman mm-hmm. and yes. helping women embrace this natural story. I mean, that's what it always comes back to me is this concept of not trying to look like something that is one, artificial, but two, also an unnatural version of who you are. Why do you think our culture has become so women, especially I'm speaking to myself. I mean, I'm 35 and the reality is this is already a mindset for so many women Mm -hmm. my age that I now need to look like I'm 20. Mm -hmm. Where's that coming from? And what are you trying to do to push back on Mm -hmm. this mindset of an unnatural standard of beauty for you? Well, If I may, I just want to make a disclaimer that I'm going to dive into a little bit of the gender dynamic because I mean, I'm married. I love my husband. I love men. So please, this is not a criticism at all in that way. But at the end of the day, it's really majority. Again, I would say 99% men making the decisions for women's beauty. So for example, say that one more time though, (laughs) say that for the people in the back, say that. And to be clear, also same. I have a great, great respect for men. I have a wonderful relationship with my father. There's no daddy issues here. And I have a wonderful relationship with my husband. But this is the reality. So say it again. That 99% of beauty is decided by men. Yeah. Because it's an interesting hierarchical structure that you'll see women mostly, right, as hairdressers. You'll see women from a professional, then corporate standpoint, you'll see them as maybe store managers, or you'll see them as sales reps. And you might even see some in middle management. But as you get to what I call the Wizard of Oz, as you Mm -hmm. start going higher into the executive levels that you will never see, 
these people don't put themselves out there from a personal branding standpoint. You won't see them on social media. You won't see them really even on LinkedIn. They're not personally branding themselves. They completely stay behind the curtain and they're promoting true beauty. And that's they're driving the company to these standpoints. And I'm like, are you even getting any consulting from maybe a woman? And so it just kind of hit me even because like my husband, for example, I might ask his opinion for certain things, but he does not tell me how to wear my mm -hmm. hair or to mm -hmm. how to do my makeup. So I was like, why am I letting top executives do that for me when my husband doesn't even do that for me? And so that has also been a challenge for me breaking into the executive levels because mm -hmm. I have the education, I have the experience, I have the capacity to learn. But even from a corporate standpoint, that has been my biggest career challenge, even in corporate beauty is breaking past a certain level. And even with my last role, you know, I had to make a hard decision and, and resign because I had to have that hard reality yeah. And be honest that it's never going to happen. I have to build something different and have a different alternative to change that. I'm never going to change it from the inside right. without a lot of heartache and yeah. a lot of different consequences. So it's an interesting dynamic. And I get it. You know, when it comes to business, I think men think very logically and analytically. So yes, you're going to see a lot of men with the business side of things, you know, CFOs or CEOs and things like that. But I think that there can be a better partnership. And there are, don't get me wrong, I have met some really great men who Absolutely. do partner and welcome women in that conversation, but it's very far and few between and not at the global conglomerate level where they have shareholders to really appease. And actually yeah. the interesting thing, Revlon just filed for bankruptcy beauty giant that has been around forever, you know, is going bankrupt because again, I think just not tapping into the real needs. And I think tapping into people's insecurities is only going to last so long. And yeah. I used to be, again, even in my early thirties, I was covered in makeup, full coverage and like my skin couldn't breathe. And I was just yeah. felt like I had to put on this whole mask. And again, it wasn't until actually I had my girls and having twins, it was like, I don't yeah. have time for all that makeup anymore. Well, That's that I started embracing my natural skin. I love that. And I mm -hmm. think my issue is this, and I could do a whole different podcast episode on this concern, is the reality is that we as women, so many of the beauty decisions that we are making, despite the age of female empowerment that we live in, we as women are propagating an unnatural standard of beauty that has been established mm -hmm. by men. Mm -hmm. So here's the dichotomy that exists. I will leave you all to just think about that, but consider the decisions that you are making for your skin, for your face, for your body, some incredibly invasive where you are going to get surgeries for these things. Just keep in mind that in an age of female empowerment, we are still making decisions mm -hmm. about how we look that is propagating an unnatural standard of beauty that has been established primarily by men. Mm -hmm. So I'll just let that sit with you for a second. But to me, I think this is an excellent point where what is truly at stake is the culture that we are establishing for our daughters. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. As you just pointed out. And like I said, I will end it at that. I could do a whole podcast talking <laughs> about my concerns for our daughters mm-hmm. and this ridiculous, artificial, unnatural standard of beauty that we are setting for them, even though our hearts are surely in the right place. But it's a dangerous game that we play. And Gina is here to help break through that. And she yes. has created this line woo, that I'm throwing things around over here to help you and me learn how to DIY more of this professional standard of mm-hmm. beauty that is promoting our natural beauty, our natural look at home. I have some of these products here. My daughter used them. I'll uh, make sure the pictures come up. I have to share. She was so excited about this hair wrap that came. <laughs> Gina sent me all these products and she had so just cute. seen one of her little friends wearing these and she's like, can I have that? Can I have that? <laughs> so what she did is she used the lavender shampoo. Mm -hmm. This smells so good, by the way. And then the conditioner, which, okay, this is just a side Mm -hmm. note. I love that you have made the shampoo bottle bigger than the conditioner bottle. Thank you for noticing. Massive beauty companies. What is wrong with you people? I know. Nobody, thank you for noticing. Thank you for noticing that. I didn't You are welcome. I will not be the only one who notices this. This is made by a woman for women, (laughs) people. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> right? A simple detail that yes. I was like, nobody is doing that. I mean, it's because even as I dove in, I tried to figure out, I'm like, from a manufacturing standpoint, but I'm like, no, you can mass produce different sizes. It's actually not that complicated. <laughs> it's probably even easier from a mass production standpoint. But yeah, so thank you for noticing that. And real quick, yes. actually, You know, I put a lot of thought into it because I actually also designed the design on the packaging. So my logo, the three hearts stands for heart, mind and body because those three things in balance, I believe is true beauty and core vitae. Let me show you guys what she's talking about here. Okay. So those are the three three hearts. Mm -hmm. Yep. That three hearts. Corvite means the heart of life in Latin. And I believe that the heart of life and the core of life is love, right? We're all seeking that type of love. And it starts with self-love. We can't love anybody else until we love ourselves. And really, again, you know, honing in on our natural features. And so that was that. But there's also those light pink kind of wildflowers on there. And I'm a wildflower. <laughs> That's kind of part of who I am, I kind of grow or we grow in these natural conditions that are meant to break us down. And my girls are wildflowers. And so I kind of went with a little bit of like a wildflower theme as well. And then the white very um, packaging. Thank you. Yes. And the white packaging, you know, again, because beauty having a pure heart, it's about having that pure heart that illuminates our beauty. And I also felt like it would match anybody's decor in their rooms. So <laughs> it's very feminine. I love it. It's very feminine. I also have to tell you that Agina, when she sent me this package, she also sent me a description of some of the things. People who have hung out here with me know that I am zero beauty expert. Like I only started wearing <laughs> makeup. It's shameful how long it took me to even know what a primer for makeup was. I was like, what? That's a thing? No, primer's only for paint on my walls. What's a primer for makeup? Literally, people, two years ago is the first time that I learned of that. Yep. This came... Okay, a funny story. This came and I was... The girls were like, what is this? I was like, I have no idea. It's like, I think it might be... Do you wash your face with this? It's like the perfect... 
I guess you could. And then Gina, I'm an out of the box thinker. I guess you could. <laughs> and then Gina was like, that's for your scalp. It's like, oh, that's what it is. So she actually is starting yep. a YouTube video too, a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. I should say, where she's describing how to use the products. And even just in like your short Instagram DM, I felt like it was very educational, even just how you're supposed to use, like what professionals mm-hmm. use these to get rid of buildup on your scalp. Is that what mm-hmm. you said? Yes. Because again, I'm all about fundamentals. So having healthy hair really starts with a healthy scalp or having you now healthy skin, just really fundamental. I think again, right? Everything has been so complicated. So that's part of gently exfoliating because actually if you go to the hairdresser and they shampoo your hair, everyone's like, I love this. I love getting my hair shampooed because hairdressers get in there and shampoo your scalp. But most people at home kind of just shampoo the surface of their hair. So I wanted to make sure I had kind of a tool to help people at home kind of get in with their scalp like you really deeper. need to clean your scalp as well. Yes. Like slightly mm. exfoliating. Cause again, even if you don't wear a lot of hair products, you still get natural environmental buildup, whether it's sweat, especially during summer or whatnot that you need to exfoliate and remove any of that buildup on your scalp because your hair grows from the follicles and pores on your head. Mm -hmm. So we need to unblock them so you can grow healthy, strong hair. So if you have buildup on your hair and your scalp, it's going to be hard for that healthy, strong hair to to come through. So Mm -hmm. that was where that came in to kind of get into the scalp. I loved it. I was like, I have no idea, but it fits perfectly in my hand. And it's (laughs) surely for something from my neck up. I'm just not sure what it is. (laughs) And then Gina enlightened me. (laughs) Tell us more about your products though. I mean, your website, it is launching soon. Your store, when we're recording this currently, it's not launched yet. But obviously, once this is being published, her line will have been launched. So Corvite, mm-hmm. tell me more about the products. What products are you really excited about? What are the products that like you tell your friend you need to especially buy these? Obviously, they're all amazing. But I'm guessing there's probably a couple that you're especially excited about. Yes, I love the charcoal purifying shampoo. Mm. I kind of joke that I'm a purifying junkie, which I am, you know, and actually even from a professional standpoint, I would have my fellow hairstylist being like, well, if you clarify the hair, you're going to fade the hair color or things like that. Mm. I was like, no, 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 no. It's actually opposite. It really like vibrant. It makes your hair vibrant and it actually brings your hair color back to life again, having a purifying shampoo because again, removing buildup on the hair, depending on the water that you have, environmental, because I promote living life, going swimming, going outside. So many people won't go outside or go in the swimming pool because it's like, oh, I can't get my hair color or my hair extensions in the water. Said me never in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know hair extensions were a thing again until a couple of years ago when I started blogging. I was like, people are attaching fake hair to their hair. What? I didn't know any of this. That's a whole other conversation and podcast we could have as well about Uh, hair extensions and my whole thing, actually, you know, and I actually came into a moral conflict, actually, I was working for a global, one of the top brands and hair extensions, and I kind of got to the point morally that I was like, I can't, Mm. can't do that anymore. That's a whole other At what point of view is real anymore? It's like, I look at a woman now and I think, is that real? Like, it's crazy that we're even asking anyways. Different podcast, different time. Yeah. But okay. So clarifying. (laughs) Yeah. So clarifying, which actually, you know, I do. And I 
to be transparent, I'm going to change it on my packaging because I do have also hair extension safe on my packaging because Mm -hmm. it is. There's so many people who do use hair extensions. So I have it on my packaging, but I am going to next round remove it on there because actually I don't actually support hair extensions, to be honest, unless, I mean, that's a whole nother sourcing conversation, to be honest. So Mm. where the hair, because it's human hair, so where it's sourced Mm. from, where you get it from, that's a whole nother conversation. And I didn't know what I didn't know either. I didn't know what I didn't know. And again, because I was in a senior manager digital marketing role. And so you learn more, right, as you go. And so even from sourcing standpoints and different things, as I learned, I was like, wow, that's a whole nother conversation to bring up. And that's a piece I did not even know. Interesting Mm -hmm. that that is a conversation. So what I'm hearing is that Mm -hmm. this hair could potentially be sourced from less than reputable or unethical ways. Mm -hmm. Correct. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Sad. Yes. And it's human hair and, or some of it is sometimes you get synthetic hair mixed in with human hair. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation deep dive into. But again, as you peel back the layers and kind of just keep asking questions or keep digging, it's like, do you really want to know? Cause then if you know, (laughs) then it's like, I may not be able to use that. And honestly, even from a professional standpoint, as I learned more, I was like, I can't do this. So I literally resigned from good paying job for a lot of different reasons. Because again, morally, right? And so I guess Mm -hmm. I, I bring that all up because... I just encourage consumers to really start asking questions, you know, Mm. and start asking those questions and some of those hard questions. I mean, yes, we have to be ready for the answer to get those answers and are what are we willing to do when we get the truth and the answers and make new decisions? Because really, we have more power. Again, when I say take a hold of your beauty, we have more power then I think we realize with our buying power and asking Amen. some of the questions, you know, asking some of these hard questions that we need to ask. And so anyway, that's overall with my line. But again, just having from the fundamentals, like I have scalp care, I'm really excited. It's hard to pick out one product. I love them all, to be honest me over two years, it was a five year process of like researching yeah. and networking. And then it was a good two years sampling and testing different products and getting into the ingredients because there are certain base formulas that you need for a shampoo and conditioner mm. but there's also and yours are all natural right? Didn't you and, tell me that yeah so the shampoos and conditioners and those products are high botanical ingredients okay. so they're not fully certified organic and okay. those senses, but they're cruelty-free because when we talk cruelty-free, that actually comes from a sourcing standpoint. So when we actually get a lot of our products or some of the raw ingredients that are sourced, let's say from overseas, some of the overseas, they have it in their standards to test on animals. So Mm -hmm. if we get those ingredients in different products from different places, even though we may not be testing that whole entire product on animals, different parts of the country, you know, the world Interesting. on animals. So, you know, a lot of it also comes to the raw ingredients for sourcing as well. And it takes a lot of research and asking mm. questions for that and having those higher grade, because really, if you get into a, like a real certified organic for hair care, it has a very limited 
time frame. But that's where the makeup, though, is an organic. That's why when I told you, like the lipstick yes. can actually show a little. Um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. So for everyone listening, on it. Yeah. yeah, for everyone listening and watching, she was, we've talked a lot about hair care. So her store is her product line, Corvite. It will be a lot of hair, but mm-hmm. you also will have makeup. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, talk to us about the makeup. Yes, and that was actually a more recent addition because I was actually, as I was talking, I just was getting a lot of questions too, like on makeup because it's a, like kind of a total look. And even for myself, because I'm a consumer also. So I'm trying to pick things that obviously I use and need yeah. as well. And so for makeup, because actually I struggled with my skin for a really long time. Again, it wasn't until really I had my girls and like the hormones, I guess, from being pregnant with twins helped my skin. And also I started really wearing less makeup when I had my Mm -hmm. girls and needing to be very quick in applying makeup and whatnot. And so it really changed my routine and what I was looking for in skincare. So I'm also in process because even though I have this core line, I'm always, my mind's always going. So for 2023, I'm looking to add in some skincare because a a quick tip um, and just a little foreshadowing, if you will. It wasn't until I started washing my face with almost pure oil that my skin completely changed, like Mm -hmm. to remove makeup, remove dirt, as well as moisturize and actually naturally help with my wrinkles. What Um, kind of oil? Oil removes oil, like a Castile oil soap. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And there's different combinations of oils. And so I'm in the process now of working on those combinations of oils of like, you know, whether it's grapeseed oil or castile oil, avocado oil, or like just different oils and combination that help remove makeup because oil removes oil, like water and oil don't mix. So it's a natural Mm. science mixture when it comes to the face and and it's an out and it moisturizes and and lubricates so my skin completely changed and I just started using more oil cleansers mm-hmm. I spent so much time trying to remove oils that it actually created my face to break out more and and like I had said to you too as a mom and a working mom I go to sleep with makeup on more than I wish to promote. And of course, I mean, as a beauty professional, it's like, wash your face before you go to bed. But sometimes it's not. I only just started washing my face every night, like two years ago. That's no lie. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I do. (laughs) And sometimes I don't. So I really wanted to choose a makeup line that can also act like a skincare that you're not going to be completely broken out by in your makeup. So the makeup line, you'll see it that it sweats a little bit because it is more of a certified organic formula there. So and then the which was this was actually new and out of my comfort zone, like the actual like foundation is a little bit more transparent, but it's very buildable that you can still get coverage. And I have more to get some coverage because I mean, I still need some coverage as well. But I was in this very endless cycle of makeup, breakout, makeup, breakout. Because again, to be honest, some of the heavier makeups are designed for your skin to break out because then you have to buy more products. (laughs) Right. So, so just trying to kind of all around between skincare and hair care, you know, this is just, I'm showing you guys quick. This is one of the, (laughs) I can never tell if it's actually focusing on my hand or not, but that's, yes, I can see it. Yes. 
Yeah. And then as you kind of, you know, it just kind of then absorbs and gives mm-hmm. you that nice, glowy, natural look in your in your skin. And it doesn't feel heavy. You still feel like you're natural. It is self. very light. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. So I really love it. And I've slept in it a couple of nights. So. 100%. <laughs> yep. I mean, this is real life. I Some of my followers have heard me say this, but I, like two years ago, I did a trade-off coaching session with a celebrity makeup artist who I had met and I was giving her like an hour worth of fitness nutrition coaching. And then she gave me an hour worth of, of basically like a makeup consulting because I just knew mm-hmm. nothing. And she's like, wait, you sleep with your makeup on? I said, yeah. And I showed her the makeup that I currently had. And she said, you're kidding me. You're how old? And this is the only makeup you... Anyway, she told me exactly what to wear and that's what I've been doing ever since. So all that to say, real life people, real life, busy moms, we need real products that promote what we've been Mm God-given, wear it with confidence. What else would you want people to know about your line? Where can they find you? When is it launching? Yes. So my e-commerce store is launching August. First, so that will be www.corvitebeauty.com. So I will have everything on there. I'll have every individual item, but I will also have bundle and save options on there as well. I'm working on DIY wedding and hair makeup. And that was inspired, to be honest, based on I've gotten so many emails, again, more than I cared to get of stylist canceling last minute and brides Mm kind of in a scramble. And unfortunately, I can't be in all places. But at the same time, on your wedding or event day, you should still look like a version of yourself. I see so many people that they might look a certain way on their daily life. And then all of a sudden for their wedding, they transform Mm -hmm. into something that they never wear. So they may have these huge lashes, but they never wear lashes on a regular basis or... Mm -hmm. You know, they wear their hair up for their wedding or an event and they never wear their hair up. So things Mm -hmm. like that. So really just, again, your wedding or your event day should still be a version of your daily natural self. And really, again, right, we know our hair and skin more than anybody. That's great if you want to choose a professional to do that for you and you have Mm -hmm. a hairdresser that you love. But in Florida, we have a lot of destination weddings. So it would be me just meeting somebody for that very first time. So I'll have all of that on my website as well to be able to have kits and consultations and things like that. But my social media for Instagram is Corvite Beauty. Pinterest is Corvite Beauty. Facebook, Corvite Beauty. So those are my main. And then my uh, YouTube channel that will have all these tutorials is Corvite Beauty. So I'm really, you know, there's a lot in a work in progress to get all this yeah. information out there to everybody based on all the questions that I've gotten. But, but those are the places awesome. that you can start to follow me. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is where you need to start. You guys can go follow her. She has so many things coming. I love the heart of the company and the passion that you have for helping women truly feel beautiful in their own skin. And with a focus, especially on what we're doing to beautify the inside yes. just as much and letting that really shine through on the outside. So I'm so thankful for the influence that you will 
you do have currently and that you will have on millions of women and we need to get the word out. So I'm excited to share all of your stuff. I can't wait to see where your product goes and your line you. and everyone can take a look corvitebeauty.com and then corvite on pretty much all of your socials like you uh, just said. Social, yes. Yeah, yeah. And stay tuned coming we are probably going to partner. We're going to get more of the word out because you guys need to see these products and we need to get her message spread as well because it is very much my heartbeat. You are wow. beautiful. Your story matters. Thank you so much, Gina, for sharing that message. And you are beautiful inside and out. And I want your hair. (laughs) Right? That's a good way to end that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You don't want to see what's underneath. I only did the top layer. (laughs) That's okay. I just threw mine up in a ponytail so nobody could see any of it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts from today. Head to your preferred podcasting platform and give the show an honest review and let me know what you think. Remember, you cannot be redefined, only redeveloped one imperfect day at a time. Your story matters and you are loved.